Welcome to Marquette Missionary Church. Here is today's message. Well, let's uh, let's dive into the Word of God here. Um, we last week we jumped into Second uh, Timothy, and I wanted us to be. We actually spent the, the entire last Sunday going through all of chapter 3, and we were challenged last week with how things are going to look like as time gets closer to the end. Now, Paul is the author of 2 Timothy, and Paul is writing to Timothy. Timothy is kind of like a young mentor, mentee. He is, Paul is mentoring Timothy, and Paul left Timothy in charge of the church in Ephesus, but Paul wrote him a series of letters. Uh, we believe that he wrote four letters total. We have the first letter, which would be 1 Timothy, and we have the third letter, which we call 2 Timothy. And Paul wrote to him, and he was encouraging him and challenging him to stay focused on the Word of God. And the reason why, why he was encouraging him, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17 is what we read last week. Paul says this, he says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture, verse 16, is breathed out by God and, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We looked at how, how God's word is here for us to make us wise for salvation. How it is profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness so that man may be complete. Now, this is something I did not touch on last week, but I do want to kind of point out that through different research, they have actually kind of like looked into like how, how much of God's word do Americans read? They actually say nine out of ten households have a Bible. And many households have more than one Bible. Many households have like three or four Bibles. It's not a matter in America on whether or not we have access to the Word of God. We have more than enough Bibles. But how many people are actually reading God's Word? Lifeway Research found that roughly half of people who would consider themselves evangelical, born-again Christians, roughly half of them read a little bit of the Bible every day. When they surveyed Protestants, Protestants roughly 35% read their Bible daily, and Catholics come in at around 17%. And I bring this up because I want us as believers, us as a church, us as followers of Christ, to be better at reading God's Word. Not just so that we do better on the curve, you know, when they do, do research here. It's not just to like oh, you know, our church, we're hitting more like that 90%. But because God's word is his voice. It says God's word is breathed out to us. The word of God has to be embedded within us believers. Well, I thought about switching it up but I, for this coming Sunday, but we need to go on to 2 Timothy chapter 4 this week. And the reason why is because Timothy is going to be reminded about God's word once again. 
And I think for us as a church, we need to be reminded at, at the importance of God's word for our lives as well. So we are going to be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to ask for you to stand this morning as we read this. Paul is writing this to warn Timothy about the possibilities of drifting away. So this is 2 Timothy chapter 4, where we're going to read the first five verses. The Word of God says this, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, verse 2, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teachings. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but will have itching ears, and they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Let us pray. Father God, as we come to you this morning, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will speak to us. I pray for your spirit to come and to minister to us, Lord. Encourage us, challenge us in the importance of your word. Father, I give you praise now, and we are trusting you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated this morning here. Verse 1 starts off with a challenging word. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. This word, I charge you, this is not Paul writing to Timothy saying, hey, Timothy, I want you to know, it would be a really good idea if you would preach the word. This word charge has so much weight to it. And within Greek, it has more of a weight as like a judge, judgment weight of saying, listen, Timothy, this is very important here. I charge you right now in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus to, to, to be staying to preach God's word. He is being challenged here to take the word of God extremely seriously. He's saying, listen, Timothy, this word of God is so important. You have to stay faithful to it. You have to be staying completely focused in on it here. Why? Because guess what? God is watching. God who will judge the living and the dead, he is watching what is taking place. He sees what is going on here. And he is saying, listen, you need to stay faithful to the word of God. And you need to take this very seriously. God is here, Timothy. He's not absent. He's not gone. He's not missing. He's here. And he's going to judge. And then in verse 2, he says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teachings. Now, now this word preach, um, this word for us, when we usually hear this word, what do you guys usually think of? 
Right. Like, like, like this. Like, okay, like he's now, this is like somehow the preaching stance. Like, okay, he's, he's now preaching. This word preach is not basically just somebody to stand behind a wooden structure and bring the word of God. This word preaching, it's important for us to understand here that it's not talking about a preacher. He is saying you need to bring this word. Preaching is not just for one man, but it's for the body of Christ, for individuals who are in Christ to bring God's word forth. It's not just me, and it's not just preachers around, but it's for us to bring the word to the world around us. And there is a warning here. He says, Timothy, I want you to bring this word. I want you to preach this word, but I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready in season and out of season. I don't want you just to bring God's word when you're feeling it. See, oftentimes I think this is what happens to myself and to a lot of us. It's like we will bring God's word up when we're feeling it, when we think it's the right time. He says here, listen, Timothy, you need to be ready at all times. Whether you're feeling it, whether it's in season, out of season, all of the time you need to be ready to bring God's word forth. God's word is what will end up transforming hearts and lives here. And he uses three words here. He says, to reprove, to rebuke, and exhort. We will need to reprove. Another word that sometimes translates here is to correct. You will hear things in this world that will be counter to the, to the word of God, and we as believers have to be able to correct that type of thinking and saying. And he is saying here, listen, like, there's going to, you, you need to be ready because you will hear things and things will be taking place and you will need to correct it with the word of God. And he says, rebuke, to admonish, to warn people. I don't know if you guys know this, but he literally says, the judge, he's coming to judge the living and the dead. God's word is is literally here for us to warn people, to let people know like, hey, I don't know if you guys know this, but God's watching and he's coming. And God's word is here so that we can warn people and let people know like, hey, like this isn't all fun and games. Like there's, there's gonna be this judge and I don't know if you know him, but God's word is here for us to correct the world, correct ourselves, to rebuke them, to, to show them but also, it's here to encourage, to exhort. God's word is here to encourage us, but also encourage the world around us of who God is. And he uses this so that we would understand, like, this is how important God's word is. It is here to lead and to guide us and to correct us and to encourage us and to challenge us. It's not just some ancient book. It's literally God's word to us. And there is power in the Word of God. This is one thing I've, I've actually been learning lately that God has really been speaking on my heart and mind is that too often I want to give out my opinion. And I know that I'm guilty of this time and time again, that it's Jeff's opinion. Jeff's opinion cannot, cannot transform hearts and lives. Jeff's opinion 
Nobody cares about it. Let's just be honest. <laughs> you don't care about it. I barely care about it. <laughs> but God's word has power to transform hearts and minds. Who, who here, and I'm not going to pick on you for like age, who here remembers Billy Graham? Some of you, of you young people, college students, I'm just going to pick on you just real, real quick. You need to look up Billy Graham. You know what made Billy Graham amazing? Why Billy Graham, some say, led millions of people to Christ? Billy Graham did one thing. He shared God's word. Time and time again in Billy Graham's sermons, and the word of God says, that was literally Billy Graham's sermons, time and time again, the word of God says, the word of God says, and people came, and people turned from their sins. Because the word of God is the power to transform lives and change hearts and change minds. And I think as, I also think about John the Baptist when he said, he must increase and I must decrease. There is this idea that we need to be bringing forth Christ through God's word. Now, the problem that we face is that the world we live in, and it's not just our world, it's at all times, the world is hostile to the Word of God. This has been true from the very beginning. This is nothing new. Our culture is, is nothing new here. The Word of God will be hostile to the world around us. Look at verse 3. For the time is coming... When people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. I want to read that one more time here. Verse 3. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. There will come a time when people trade in God's truth and wander off into myths. Now, it's interesting. This warning is to believers. Like I said, think about this. This, isn't, this is not a warning to the world around us. This warning is to the church. Like, hey, Timothy, guess what? There will be people in the body of Christ that are going to wander off. They're going to wander off into just different teachings and things that have, that basically make them feel good. They will have itching ears and they will want to listen to people that will tell them that their passions within them are completely okay. We know that human beings love stuff that suits their own passions. We all love hearing how great we are. You guys may not realize this about yourself and, and myself, but we love hearing that we're doing a really good job. And most, I mean, like everybody does. Everybody wants to be patted on the back and say, you're doing a great job, stay the course, you're doing wonderful. Nobody wants to hear your lifestyle's wrong. 
Your actions are wrong. How you think, behave, and do, it's wrong. Not wrong because I said so. Wrong because the Word of God says so. If you guys would go onto a campus and share the Word of God, share about His love and His grace, it'd probably be, be, be fine. Share about His judgment. What would happen if the Word of God, if we talked about God's judgment? If we actually, I don't know if, I mean, it's only written from the beginning to the end, talking about this judge that's going to come, judge the world for what they have done. That is like the least popular like slogan. Like, like if you're having like a conversation at the water cooler at work and be like, yeah, let me tell you about God's judgment that's coming. They don't want to hear it. Like nobody does, right? Like, so like it's even sometimes hard for us to even swallow that God's judgment is coming. But the word of God talks about God's love, talks about God's grace, talks about how amazing and wonderful he is. But the word of God also shares with us his judgment is coming. His judgment will one day come, and his son is coming back again. But Paul here says, I want you to bring this word forth, Timothy, because there will come a time when people will not want to listen to it. They will only want to hear things that they want to hear. They will not want to be told that they're wrong. And I can't, I can't think, I mean, guys, we're do we not live in that time? Do we not live in a time where everyone's right and no one's wrong? Like, like say, don't we live in this beautiful pluralistic culture where like your truth is your truth and your reality is your reality? Well, that doesn't work with the word of God. Like say, it literally does not work. There is the word of God, the truth of God, and then there's what the world says. And I'm telling you, they're not going to blend very well. They don't match up all of the time. But the challenge for us, and the challenge to Timothy is like, listen, there's going to, like, 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 there's going to be this season where, listen, people are not going to want to listen to the Word of God. They're not going to want to, to, to even hear about it. But Timothy, I'm charging you here, Timothy. I'm charging you. You need to really understand the Word of God. You need to be really faithful to the Word of God. You need to stay committed to His Word because the world around you, they're going to try to teach you something else. They're, there's going to be a hundred different voices telling you other truths or other things, but you need to stay focused on the Word of God. As I was thinking about this message today, I was, uh, you know, on like social media, like different videos pop up. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm the only one who watches videos online. I might be. Um, but there was this one that was really, really fascinating. This guy was talking about how he counterfeited the U.S. $100 bill. Um, this guy, this was in the late 90s when the U.S. government changed over the, the, uh, the $100 bill. And this guy's goal was to make the world's greatest counterfeit. He wanted to have the right paper. He wanted to basically make this counterfeit. And he kind of shared his like, story on like, how, how he figured out the, this whole code. He kind of cracked it. But then when you start to like, think about this, and as I was thinking about it, I thought, 
how could we really know if something is, is counterfeit? What is the best way to figure out if something is a counterfeit? You have to know the real thing. You have to know the real thing really well in order to spot a counterfeit. Counterfeits kind of, you know, I, I would almost guarantee you and me that, that if a counterfeit $100 bill came in, we would have a hard time ciphering it, right? Because none of us here study the $100 bill. I mean, maybe some of you do. Maybe you just sit there every single night and just stare. If you work at a bank, I'm sorry. If you do work at a bank, you know the $100 bill. My wife, Caitlin, worked at a bank. Sherry is back there like hand raised. I do. I know it. If you work there, you deal with it. But the reality is, is we could probably not spot a counterfeit. The same is true for the word of God. Guys, there are so many voices, so many voices out there, so many people out there that are bringing a counterfeit to the table. They're bringing something that's not really God's word. And it's really easy to miss it. It's really easy to, to get bought into it. It's because when you don't know God's word, we can be fooled. And it's easy to go down this path of like, yeah, like that sounds pretty good. Like, yeah, that sounds right. But it's not God's word. I remember uh, we've got Philip here. Philip, who I'm just going to point him out. He came up to uh, do the bike race here. Uh, this was about nine years ago. We went to a youth conference. And I kind of have, I was a youth pastor for a decade I have mixed feelings about youth conferences. Maybe some of you grew up in the church and went to these youth, youth, youth conferences and loved them. I've always had mixed feelings because of the teachers and the preachers that are at these youth conferences. The, the majority of the time, it's crazy loud music. I got like earplugs in, even like in my 20s. I was like, I can't handle all this stuff. And then, then they would bring in a teacher. And there's, they would, it was usually like a big name speaker really, really passionate, really knew how to like speak to the kids. But we were at this youth conference out in La Crosse, and they bring in this huge big name speaker, well known, like worldwide. And he comes in, and he's preaching out of Genesis. And he's preaching, and then he misquotes the word of God. And I'm sitting there like, no one's going to do anything about this? Like, said, like, 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 this guy was, he was misquoting scripture to fulfill his story. He had a story that, that he wanted to like make fit into, into a scripture. It was actually the story on Joseph. And this big name speaker misquotes scripture. And I'm standing there like, he's lying. Like, so like what's going on? Like, so like, that's not how the story goes. He's talking about Joseph. And I'm like, that's not what happened. And nobody says anything because he was a good speaker. He got the kids riled up. And, you know, like it was, and I'm just like, guys, like we have to be faithful to the word of God. And, and this happens all the time. And I'm not standing up here saying, hey, like, like, like I, as your pastor, know God's word completely in and out. I try to spend hours every single week studying God's word, looking at, looking at every single word. I try to do my very best to it. But I do warn us, as what Timothy is getting warned here, there will come a time 
which is now, that people will not be okay with the word of God. They won't want to listen to it. They will want preachers in the pulpit and teachers saying stuff that makes them feel good. And there is parts of God's word, yes, about God's grace and about his son Jesus that is so encouraging, that is so uplifting, that Jesus came to die for all of our sins. But the word of God also teaches that one day God is going to judge us all. And and I'm sharing this with us because, guys, the world around us needs the word of God. They need to hear the truth of God's word, the good, the bad, and the ugly side of it. And some of it, I, I totally get. Sometimes when you read God's word, we don't understand what God is doing. We're like, God, why would you do this? Like, like, what is going on? But that doesn't, just because his word disagrees with our feelings, doesn't mean that his word is not true. And I'm just challenging us, encouraging us, We have to be faithful to the Word of God. We have to know God's Word because the world around us, they're going to be twisting it and making it fit their own passions and their own needs. And we have to be people that bring God's Word forth because the power of God's Word will transform hearts and lives. Our opinions and our thoughts, small. But God's word is what is needed to correct what, what is getting spoken around us. And we need, as people, we need to know it. This is why last week I challenged us. We've got some, some, some printouts back there. I challenged us and myself as a church to read the word this year. In 2021, for, for us to spend time daily reading the entire Bible this year together. Now, we've got, we've got printouts back there, but there are so many sources online. You can literally Google, read Bible in one year, and it will tell you a plan. And I'm driving this home again, church, because we need to know it. A 30-minute Sunday sermon is not enough. Me standing up here giving you a little five, five verses t- today, that's not enough. Because you are going to eventually leave this place. You're going to go out into this world. You're going to go back to campus, go back to work. And you're going to need to bring forth God's word. You're going to have to be preaching God's word. And I'm not talking about being like, you know, and and this is where it all becomes just kind of crazy because we get labeled like Bible thumpers and, you know, like, you know, like all of this crazy stuff. Like, oh, you're just thumping me with the Bible here. I can't tell you how many family members have like said that to me. Like, I don't want to hear God's word, Jeff. And it's like, well, you need to hear God's word. We all do. Because in it is life, and it's here for us, and it's here for the world around us so that they may know who Christ is, and that they may know about who their creator is. And we, church, we have to stay faithful to it. We have to be spending time in it. We have to be reading it. We have to be studying it together. I want to encourage you and invite you, come out on Thursday nights. Roy, Roy Brown, he does a wonderful job bringing God's word to us. Come, we read it, we share, we encourage. But I just want to continue to encourage us. Stay faithful to God's word this year. Read it daily. Spend time in it. If you have questions, come, talk to me. Email me, stop in. I'm here all the time at the office because I can't go to my favorite coffee shop. 
I'm not bitter, don't worry. But stop in, talk to brothers and sisters, encourage one another, spur one another on. Because there will be easy, it will be so easy to drift away because we will hear things that are a counterfeit to the Word of God. I'm going to ask for you to stand and I'm going to pray for us and the worship team is going to come back up so that we can continue to worship one last time and give praise and glory to our God. And I invite the worship team up as we pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you for your charge to Timothy here. Father, we know that there will come a time that people will not want to listen to your word, that they will turn away from it. Father, I pray, Lord, for our church, for the people in this room right now, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be men and women, that we would be faithful to your word, and that we would bring your word forth in our land. God, that we would be loving and caring and kind, but, but that we would be people that would not back down from your word. Father, you have given us your word. May we be faithful to you each and every day. God, I give you praise now in Jesus' name. Amen.